Welcome to the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Eve did not come from the dust of the ground. She came from the Garden of Eden. So if any of you right now feeling like God is moving you from one place to the other, have that in mind. God literally took Adam from one environment and placed him in another environment. Step one, God has to set you apart from something, someplace, somewhere to place you, put you, position you where he wants you to be. That's step number one. Step two, three, and four can be seen in Genesis 2.21. Let's start with step two. NIV says, and some other translations, that God caused Adam to sleep. You know, they went with the bottom line. God caused him to sleep, okay? Which is really what it is. God caused him to sleep. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by how God did it. The NIV doesn't bring it out, but other translations, NKJV, the uh, New American Standard Version, um, the New American Standard Bible, NASB, and the New Revised Standard Version, NRSV. They kind of, they wrote it the way it was written originally. I've always thought that God caused Adam to sleep. But actually, which he did, but NIV doesn't bring that out. The, the translations I gave you brought it out. He says, God caused sleep to fall on Adam. You guys notice the difference? Okay? It didn't say God caused him to sleep. He said God caused sleep to fall on Adam. You see, if Adam fell asleep, that means Adam was in control. But if God caused him to fall asleep, God caused sleep to fall on him, God was in control. Because remember, may the God of peace himself sanctify you. He is the one doing the sanctification. He's the one doing the cleansing, the washing. God caused him to sleep. A picture of that is, again, in the medical industry. What happens when a doctor wants to do some serious surgery? He causes the patient to sleep. How? Anesthesia. So God is like, okay, I got this. Step number one. He got him from one place to the other. Step number two. He caused him to rest. He caused him to rest. A lot of people are running around trying to make things happen. God's like, just relax. Just, just sit down. Before God can set you up, he has to set you down. Step number one, before he can set you up, he has to set you apart from some things. Step number two, now he sets you down. Okay. Just relax. If anybody's feeling like, oh, nothing is happening. No, something is happening. God's like, just, just relax. Just, just stop running around. You've done it your way. Now let me do it my way. Okay? Just, just, just relax. Just, just chill. Step number three. It says God took a rib from Adam. Step number one, 
God set him apart from something, someplace, and put him somewhere else. Step number two, God caused him to rest. Step number three, God has to set things apart from you. Yes, he has gotten you out of that situation. But he needs to get that situation out of you. One of the reasons why the children of Israel did not get into the promised land was because, yes, they left Egypt, but Egypt hadn't left them. You see, the sanctification process is reflected in the journey of the Israelites out of Egypt. Step one, the wilderness is a resting place. Okay, before I throw you here, we need to take care of some stuff here right now. Just, just relax, just chill. Manna from heaven, everything. Because God is in control. He's doing everything. Just, just relax. Just, just, just relax. You want to get him, but just, just relax. I need to take care of some stuff. Unfortunately, they didn't get into the promised land. The ones that came out of Egypt, they didn't come, they didn't get into the promised land. It's the one, the ones that came out of the rest that got in. The only person that got into the promised land where Joshua and Caleb, even Moses didn't get in, the spiritual guy. But that's a whole other message. <laughs> so they were in a place of rest. None of them got in. And too many people are in, in between. You're not where you used to be. Thank God for that. Praise God for that. But you're also not where you want to be. You're also not where God wants you to be. And it's not God's fault. And everybody's looking like God. I'm like, God, you're messing up. God's like, no, it's not my fault. I'm trying to do some things here. So here it is. God has to take some things out of you. Yes, you don't club anymore. You've been delivered from that. Thank God. You don't club anymore. You don't do all of that anymore. But the mindset that some people have with those people, you still have it. The mindset in the club, okay, I got a Mac to get this girl, yeah, I got some moves. Yeah, I got to dress this way to get this guy. You still have that mindset. I got to take that out of you. I have to renew the spirit of your mind. I got to take that out. Because where I'm taking you to is a different level of operation. You operate by faith, you operate by grace. You don't have that yet. While you are under my spiritual anesthesia, let me take those things out of you. So that's step three. Step one, he sets you apart from something. Step two, he causes you to rest. Step three, he takes things out of you. Exposes. Step four, the Bible says, when he took the rib out, Step three, he closed the flesh in its place. In other words, he closed the hole. Step four, closure. Step four, God bring his clo- brings closure. Before step four, closure is step three, exposure. God brings closure to something. And God has to bring some things to close in our lives. So he gets us out from something, one, some environment. Then he causes us to rest. 
a time where it seems nothing is happening, but God is just using that time to do step three, remove things, the hurts, the things that were said about you, things that were implanted in your mind, things you feel about yourself because of where you came from. And God is taking those things out, taking those things out, healing you, removing the negative view of yourself, the negative view of your chances. People may have said things. You will not amount to anything. You're not going to get married. It's not going to work. You're not good enough. You're not attractive. You're not this and you're not that. And sometimes we can allow those things to linger, even though we're not there anymore. And God says, let me take those things out first. Because those things will affect where you're going. In Titus chapter 1, verse 15, it says to the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Even their minds and their conscience are corrupted. Notice the word pure. To the set apart. To the sanctified. All things are sanctified. Some of you may have been in situations or seen things that you appreciate, but somebody else doesn't. And you wonder, what's, what's, I mean, this is great. This is valuable. But the other person doesn't. Because they haven't been set apart like you have. So step one, he gets you out. Step two, he causes you to rest. Step three, he takes things out of you. Step four, he brings closure. And step five, he sets you up. After, closed, after God closed the, 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 the flesh in its place, the Bible says, and I used the rib to bring Eve to him. So steps one, two, three, and four was the preparation for step five. He put place, positioned, and moved Adam. He caused him to rest. He fixed and adjusted him after he took things out of him. He filled his hole up or filled it in, fixed, adjusted it. Then he set Adam up with Eve because he had finished the sanctification process completely. Everybody here is going through that process. But everybody here are at different stages in the process. And some people don't have to go through all five. But everybody goes through at least one of them. Especially step one. Everybody goes through step one. Genesis 2.24. For this reason, a man will leave who? Everybody goes through at least step one. But everybody's circumstance is different. So everybody doesn't go through all five. Some people have to go through all five. Everybody at different stages. Some of you are in step one. God is moving you out of some things. Some of you are in step two. God is like, relax. (laughs) Some of you are in step three. God is still taking stuff out. I'm not done yet. I'm taking stuff out. Some of you are in step four. God is bringing closure to some things. And some of you (laughs) are about to get hooked up, about to get engaged, about to get married. Last month we talked about Ruth. We can see the same dynamic in Ruth's life. 
In Ruth chapter 1, we hear about how there was a man named Elimelech. He had a wife named Naomi and two sons, Malon and Kilion. They left Israel because there was a famine, and they went to Moab. When they got to Moab, unfortunately, Elimelech died. That was Naomi's husband, and their sons, Malon and Kilion, died. But before they died, they had married Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. Okay? Unfortunately, Malon and Kilion died. So Naomi is left with Orpah and Ruth. Naomi decides to go back to Israel. And Orpah and Ruth decided to go with her. Okay? Now, you guys don't want to miss this. Don't miss this. She's not here tonight, but I want to credit Yolanda, a friend of mine named Yolanda. She had given me this a long time ago. I never thought about it. Remember last month, I talked about there were two guardian redeemers. Okay? For the, for the sake of those that don't know the story, Ruth ended up in Israel and she married a wealthy guy named Boaz, who was a guardian redeemer. There was another guardian redeemer who was responsible to marry Ruth, but because he rejected marrying her, he, um, she ended up with Boaz. But check this out. If Orpah had set herself apart from Moab and went with Ruth to Israel, it is possible that the other guy was for her. Let me say that again, because people are like, what? I mentioned last month that the way the names are listed is often in order of seniority. So that suggests that Orpah was older than Ruth, okay? If both of them ended up in Israel, the guardian redeemer that is not mentioned could have been, he had to marry Ruth, um, uh, Orpah first, because she was first. Then, Ruth would have to go with Boaz. That's the setup, right from the get-go. God already set that up. But Orpah did not leave Moab. Could it be that the reason why this other guy didn't want Ruth was because he may have wanted Orpah? But Orpah didn't show up. Ladies and gentlemen, God already got your spouse waiting. The person is already being set up, just, just like he's, he's already being set apart for you. It is not God. God is not the one holding you back. We all have to go through the process completely. So if Orpah and Ruth both left Moab, they will have ended up, there's already, there was already provision. You know how some people say that there's a blessing with your name on it? There was already a guy who was by law supposed to marry Orpah. All she had to do was leave. She didn't know that though. And this guy didn't know that either. Just like you don't know that. <laughs> and I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Go through the process. Now I want to say something, and I say this respectfully, because I and I feel like the fact that a lot of people brought it up, I think it needs to be said. Mentors. To Orpah's credit, she wanted to go. She wanted to go. But Naomi said, no, stay back. 
Naomi is supposed to be a, a spiritual giant. She is an Israelite woman. She knows God. Naomi was like a mentor, a mother figure. Orpah wanted to go. Maybe Orpah wasn't as strong as Ruth was. Orpah wanted to go. But in Ruth 1.14, she said, go back. What's the point? And Orpah went back. Not only did she go back, she went back to her gods. I view every single person here as a giant in the Lord. And I want to encourage you guys, whenever you counsel somebody, if you don't know, don't just say, I don't know. Because a lot of people are missing out because we are the Christians. We represent Christ. And sometimes, unfortunately, we make poor decisions and we're bad examples. And this poor girl went back as Naomi said, go back. As a ruler, I'm, I'm for mentors. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. But always remember this. The number one counselor is the Holy Spirit. Every once in a while, especially, I think this is a vital test to someone that God is trying to take to a whole different level. You've got to be able to discern, okay, I love you, but this is not the Holy Spirit right now. Ruth is an example of that. A Moabite woman, a Gentile. She's listed in the genealogy of Christ because she made a decision. I will be set apart. I love you, but I'm going. I will die before I stay here. And we can see what happened for her. Unfortunately for Orpah, she let Naomi talk her out of it. And she missed out. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you were informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.